0: Relationships are bigger than me. Thank you so much. You know what? I wanted to. Um, it'd be kind of a love month, if you will. But I wanted to. You know, if I if I speak towards marriages, then I alienate some people. If we speak towards uh, dating, we alienate some people. If we speak on just uh, on friendship basis, we alienate some people. So you know what? I find out the word of God applies to everything. The word of God goes across the board, and uh, so you know what? Because of Jesus. Our relationships are bigger than us. You, do you realize that our our marriages are bigger than us? Our friendships are bigger than us. Your potential, if you're dating, or your connections at work, or where we live, everywhere we go, do we realize wherever we go, we carry an atmosphere. We carry an influence. Whether we acknowledge it or not, we carry an influence. And uh, in every level, some form of relationship, there is a emotional connection. Have you ever experienced this? Emotional connection, you know it, it exists because we we get angry, right? Why are we angry? Because there was an emotional connection that did not go in the way we planned, so we respond by, how dare you? You know, there's an emotional connection when somebody else cries and we cry with them. Why? Because there's a bond. There's an emotional connection. But do you know this? This is this is completely just science. Okay? It's just how God wired the body. But do you realize they, they've done all the studies on this? You know, because I, I forgot who it was. I used, I had this big study on it one time, and I forgot who it was. So, they're they for today. Um, but they did a study with these research people, and found that people who give, the giver is more connected, feels a stronger bond than the receiver. Have you ever experienced that? You know, have you ever you received something? Maybe somebody gave you a gift. Maybe it was big. It was small. It was thoughtful. It was, hey, I've got extra. Whatever it was, they gave something to you, and you were grateful. It was like, all right, thank you. Man, that, that's so kind of you. Thank you for thinking about it. But there was another time where, you know what, you saw something, and you thought of somebody, and you thought of how they would enjoy having it. You thought of how they like that kind of thing, or how they would feel. And so you plotted, and you planned, and you bought this item. Maybe you wrapped it. Maybe you didn't. Depends on if you're a man or a lady. And you turned it and then you presented it to them. And didn't it feel just like, it's like, man, I I am now more attached to you. You're like, it felt great to give it. Has anybody experienced that? Yeah. You know what? There's, we're not begrudging givers. So it, there's this greater bond in the giver than the receiver. If you ever wonder about how much Jesus loves you, there's a great bond in the giver. And there is a learning to appreciate the greatness of what he gave in the receiver. Have you ever noticed noticed this? You know, uh, with Callie, I I have the most, I want to say connections. I want to kind of, if I can make some examples. With Callie, I have an emotional connection. Emotions roll everywhere. If she's celebrating a moment, if she's celebrating an event, then you know what? I'm excited with her. Uh, she's about to graduate with, with her degree after six years, and, and she's passed her state exams and stepping off into this counseling thing. And you know what? You know what? I'm celebrating with her. May is around the corner. We're going to celebrate so much we're going on a cruise for a weekend. I mean, I have, I have in, in my house this year, in, come May, I have someone. I have a wife graduating with her master's degree. I have a son graduating with his bachelor's degree. And I have another son graduating high school, who was like, you know what, all this craziness, Callie found a Black Friday deal, and we're going on a cruise for a weekend together, because I don't believe I can contain them at home. It will get crazy. So, you know, but we, there's an emotional connection when she's excited, I'm excited. If she has the wind knocked out of her from something, then it becomes the weight that I now carry. And. She has. she's actually very guarded in this and careful sometimes what she says because she's just trying to let me know something she's experienced, something that happened or something she's thinking about. And to her, it's processing. But to me, all of a sudden, it's, it's like, how can I rescue this? How can I take this away? I, and I, I, I hope all men are that way, that, that protector mindset. And it bothers her because she's like, I was just trying to tell you. I wasn't trying to upset you. I was like, but you upset me when you told me because it upset you. And now, uh, I'm I'm wanting to take the depth of the sorrow away. I want to carry it. If she is chill, man, I can be chill right there with you. I'm focused on, you know what, with desire to keep everything just moving in the same vibe and chill. If she is passionately in a cleaning mode, I'm absent. I got to run, y'all. Just throw that in there, but you know I, I have a different relationship with great emotional connection with many men in this house. But it's different. But there's still there's an emotional connection. Uh, just yesterday, uh, Pastor J.T. was sharing something with me about another uh, something a uh, God thing that opened up for another man in the house. I was share with him. He's telling me, and I start crying. The guy involved wasn't even around. Why? Because there's an emotional, there's a different kind of emotional connection. It was tears of joy, by the way, just to throw that out there. Uh, You know, when one of them is crushed from a disappointment because because of the connection that we have, then I want to get down in the dirt and I want to, you know what, until this thing passes and we lean on Jesus together. Because of Jesus, I have a friend that I... uh, I meet every morning at 5 a.m., uh, four days a week. We have an emotional connection. Uh, we, we, we meet at the gym. We, we talk about what we're about to do for the next hour. We pray together. Uh, then, you know what, through the course of that hour, there's some things we celebrate. There's things we laugh. There's things that we cry. There's an there's a emotional connection, but it's not the same connection I have with the men here. It's not the same connection I have with Callie. Is it, this relating Emotional connections, like you know, we laugh, we hurt together, we look to Jesus together. Uh, with my sister and my mom, there is another type of emotional connection. When they enjoy a moment, I enjoy the moment. I don't always know what's going on, but if I see one of them got a trip, it's like I got to go with them. I'm like, man, that looks awesome. That is beautiful, Cali. We got to plot this out and go there one day. You know, it's, it's the celebrating of things that they find joy in i find i now find joy in um their victories are my celebrations but you know why because we're family wasn't always that way the devil tried to steal it for a long time but he lost it now there's a there's a there's an emotional connection that makes the joy even more so now um they also have the ability you know what of presence with some of my family with, with my mom or my sister some of them particularly a look in their eyes expresses words. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like nothing's said, but everything is understood. If something, you know what, I attempt uh, as we go along, they also had the ability of presence, a look in their eyes. You know what, and there is comfort. There is security. There is being with unity in them just by being together. It's something that, not only is received, but it's something I attempt to give as well. I hope we all do. You know, I want I believe as people of God we should be the people that when we walk in the room, peace comes in the room. We walk into the when we walk when we walk into the 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 workplace, now it's not like, oh I'm glad you finally got here. It's like, wow, the atmosphere just changed. Something's different. Why is it different when you show up? we can be chaos. Even if nothing's changed you know what? You have the Holy Spirit. We're, we're commissioned. We're given the ability to bring presence. But you know, every single relationship has different defining moments where if the devil had his way, they would have been destroyed forever. Some of us have been. You know, we think of, man, if I could go back and undo that one conversation, that one blurt out, that that one absent when I was dependent on that that one time where you know what, they were working through something and I should have just stayed out of it and let it go on, it would have been better the next day, but I've ruined it now for ten years because of what I said that day. Every single relationship has different defining moments where if the devil had his way, they would have been destroyed forever. But when we're in Christ, can I tell you what is lost also has a gain that is coming, we're willing to receive it. We're our bless them. Watch the Lord begin to restore things we thought were impossible. And while, we, while we will not always have success stories in every relationship opportunity of our lives, if we remember that our strongest relationship is with God the Father, with Jesus the Son, and with the Holy Spirit who fills us with this power, then no matter the outcome of those relationships, we still carry the peace of God because our identity is in peace. More it is more about who we know than who we lost. I can say this because of Jesus, our relationships are bigger than us. Because even my relationships, our relationships can begin and end with because of Jesus in us, He is the hope of glory. As followers of Christ, it's now what does he say? No longer I who lives. Galatians 2:20, Paul says like this. Now it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So the life that I now live, I live unto the glory of the, the Father who, who gave his Son for me, the Son who gave his life for me. No longer I. It's interesting that there was a study done in 2008 by a group from Harvard Business School. I'm going to use a study from Harvard to connect a spiritual point. You know the Holy Spirit is in it, right? There was a study done, they... they they, they delivered the evidence that there is an exchange of through the exchange of relational interactions in our lives, there is a way that, that givers are more satisfied and happier and healthier physically than receivers are. We got a world of receivers. What everybody's like, hey, what about me, right? The what about me club is a far decline health-wise than the Lord, what would you have me do, club? They, what they did is they asked 632 Americans how much they made, because if we all have more money, we'd have less problems, right? Then rappers say more money, more problems. So I don't know. How much money they made. They asked them how much their bills were. It's a good question to ask, you know, each month. And they asked them how much they spent on others of like, giving, whether it's, like, donation, financial contribution, gifts, you know, uh, towards others. And then after they took this, then their final follow-up was they asked for their level of happiness in life. And the results were those who gave or spent, not who had more money, not who had less bills. It was, that was Irrelevant. In the factory. But the result was those who gave or spent on others across the group lived in greater levels of happiness than those spent on themselves. It's amazing. You have become a more giving person in the last couple of years, maybe last couple of weeks, or whatever it is, maybe even. Maybe you have stepped out of that. That boat and begin to realize, you know what, God has done a work in you, and He's like, hey, be a part of what's happening, be a part of my kingdom. Be be involved in in the in the discipling of nations with the body of Christ, or you know, with different needs. And maybe if you have become a giving a more giving person the last couple of years, even financially as well as other ways, I wonder without a raise of hand, have you experienced that your life contentment has changed? That maybe the the income may be the same, but the bills may be the same, but the life is different. There's more of a peace, more of a joy. There's more of a settling. The study went on to show that even though, even showed that the giving of oneself physically and financially, these people also had a lower blood pressure. They saw health increase. They saw chronic diseases dissipate as Generosity and giving of themselves was their their life. They're healthier people. Kind of goes with where the Bible, Jesus said it like this Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever gives up his life for my sake will gain it. To say it like this, make an understandable way. If I give what I cannot keep, then I can gain what I cannot lose. This is this is the way of Jesus. If I give what I cannot keep, then I get to gain what I cannot lose. I like another way that Jesus said it like this in John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friend. If I can open this a little bit, just multiple translations here a little bit. Passion translation and open it up. I, I, I like how the Passion translation brings it. It says, For the greatest love of all is, to, is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. Have you ever done without so that somebody else can do with? The other day, Callie said something that was done by. Like, we have these too, and it was a foolish decision. It's something you know that's compelled, even if you don't have to give, because God's the ultimate giver and the provider. Give us for our daily bread. Trust Him in the high and the low. He's going to sustain. Have you realized that we get more out of what we give than what we demand? Anybody have any great demand for in here? Man, there was that time I kept saying it, and I kept making my voice known, and I kept speaking up, and I kept telling my mind, and I kept typing it out, and I commented on every post, and I shared their name on Facebook, and I told them how it was, and man, my life is awesome now. Have you ever met that person? No. They just stay like this all the time. Like, take a breather, man. Give to somebody. Get a little health in you. Make it about Jesus, not about you. Relax. Enjoy life again. You know, I've made a big illustration of a secular study to tie to the Word of God. And you're right, but here's what I want to show today. Here's kind of where I'm trying to get to today. That God's promises are so faithful. And God's promises are so true This is going to sound bad when I say it, but I'm going to say it because it's true. God's promises are so faithful and so true that a person can benefit from living according to His Word in this lifetime and not even acknowledge God in it. Because His Word is not going to return void. You You know what? They can sow and reap. They can give and have joy. They can give and see health increases and have a more satisfying life. The only problem is this life ends and the life continues on, and there is all eternity not based on what we did, based on who we knew. And so, God's promises like, Man, how are they so successful? So and if you get close to them, they're, they're so shrewd. Well, look at them, and you'll watch a lot of times. You'll, if you listen to like interviews of really rich people, they don't. They're like, yeah, I read the Bible, I really don't believe in that because there's so much religion, but there's a lot of good instruction and a lot of good principles in there that I apply to my life. God's Word is so powerful that He says His Word will not return void, and He did not say my Word will not return void unless. And I believe there are many people in the world that have seen the effects of good deeds and equated it with a self, made it equal salvation because it feels good to live a physically re- rewarding life. It feels good to say, man, that was a good boy, Danny. Way to go, man. That was that was awesome. Look what I did. But you kind of had this dichotomy of like, I can't really brag about it, but I want to brag about it. Anybody been there? It's a life of even in the giving and the doing and the good, seeking good, seeking a reward of feeling good about me, And getting that dopamine rush that's the benefit of it. Getting that little, that infused caffeine punch from it. But at the end of the day, that's not salvation. Salvation is, I believe, wholeheartedly in the good news of Jesus Christ who gave His life for me that whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Salvation is, you know what, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, that he became sin who knew no sin, so that we may become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, not in what we do. Salvation is, is, I confess my sins and, and, and cry out to the Lord, and he will hear me and answer from heaven. Salvation is, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him, not perish but have eternal life, and there's no plus, do this, that, and the other. We get to live from a relationship with Jesus, not for a relationship with Jesus. That makes sense. And so, I'm not, I'm to say this when we come to Jesus, salvation is so much so that we give our life to full surrender of trusting Him and His Word, not for what it gives us to feel better. But we give our life because it's all for his glory, because Jesus is worthy. So now I'm not laying down my life for my reward. I'm laying down my life for his glory. And now I'm giving to you not for what it does for me, but I'm giving to you as as a response to what he has given to me. And now we get to live, instead of for the the benefits of what comes back, we live out of the overflow of the benefits of Jesus that we've already received. a totally different world. See, this is why because of jesus my relationships are bigger than me and i got to tell you I, I i did this and i preached this and i went through this and i studied this and i was like lord i'm just going to acknowledge i'm preaching to me today as a believer every aspect of my life even my interactions with others my relationship on all levels you may be married you may be dating you may have friends you may have neighbors you may have co-workers you may have those who despise you for who knows what, and it's not even true, but every relationship is about Jesus, not me. Can we say that together? Every relationship is about not in prayer time this morning. We uh, prayed through the Lord's Prayer, and, and I don't mean we just quoted it. There's there's portions we pray and pray, subjects according to those those uh, parts of the Lord's Prayer. Not only in prayer i got to tell you, it's good to be here with y'all. It's awesome to be here at 9 a.m. prayer. Oh, my goodness. I told him in 9 a.m. prayer, I said, I really come for prayer, and I get to hang around for church. It's so good. It is like, man, what the Lord is doing. Lives are being changed. People are discovering the Holy Spirit. It's alive and active. It's, it's a dream. The worship, the compelling that you that, that draws you in the, the time of our time together is because of people who prayed 9 a.m. over you. One of the things in the Lord's prayer says, and forgive us our sins even as we forgive those who sinned against us. I began to remember some people who hate me for no reason at all. People who would love my death, honestly. And just began getting the privilege and the honor to pray, Lord, let them see you today. Let let the scales fall at their eyes and they see who you are and give their lives radically to you and live in all the calling and the purpose you have for their lives. Because so our relationships are not about us, even the bad ones. They're about Jesus. I told this story before, but I'm going to share it again. Uh, I only tell it now because no hint or part of it exists uh, uh, in, in right at this current moment. in Callie and I now. But, you know, i got to say this about my wife, Callie, and it's just so appropriate for everything that happened yesterday. Callie uh, loves a clean house. Anybody else love a clean house? All the ladies, why y'all nervous? You're sitting next to your husband like, yeah, I like it. Just go and let him know. Rub it, elbow that man. Say, like, you know I love a clean house. Why don't you help me sometime, you know? Anybody else love a clean house? Amber loves a dirty house because she'd like you to pay her to clean it. But, you know, love, I'm talking about Callie is passionate. She has this driving passion of faith. Not only can a house be clean, but she has this unbelievable certainty that's amazing that it can stay that way. This is, where we're, this is where we're like, wait, I don't have that kind of faith. And she does. You know, it's like this heavenly idea she has in her mind that there's going to be a day where every person will pick up after themselves and not just drop it where they were and move on. That they're going to they're gonna actually take, <laughs> she's like, glory. Uh, you know, right now we're working with, with Olive. And 10 out of 10, she's going to do this. But 8 out of 10, she's going to respond to being corrected on it. She'll have one of them little drink boxes. We call them juice boxes, like free suns. And then when she's done, she'll look. She makes sure and looks at you. Walks up to you and goes. ah-ah. <laughs> like, uh-uh. Pick that up. She'll look. Pick that up and go put it in the trash. And 8 out of 10 times, she does. The other two times. Flesh kicks in. There's a battle of wheels. But what's the difference in that and me who gets up in the morning and walks away from the chair that I was sitting in where the coffee cup was left on the stand and walks out the door? He has this crazy idea that not only kids but adults will pick up after themselves. Come on. It's this land, I think, of make believe, but to me, but to her, it's. So passionately real, and praise God, it is real to her. Or we would be one rough, motley-looking crew. Um, we would if she didn't get us up and get us dressed in the morning and brush our hair and our teeth. I don't know what I would do or any of my kids. I'm just kidding on that part. But we, the 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 the, the struggle is we live. God just has this way. We live in a perpetual life of unending construction everywhere we go. It's at our home. There's there's. There's things that are always being built, finished, one day will be finished. There In our yard, if you walk in our yard, there are things to be done. There are things to be built. There are things to be fixed. There are things to be remodeled. If you come to church, we walk in, you know what? There are things to be done. There is construction to be finished. There are steps to take. You know what? If you go with us during the week to Living Hope Montessori School, when you walk in there, there is more construction to be done. There are things to be finished. There is places to be added. There is remodeling to be done everywhere we go there is this perpetual uh, circle of unending projects and construction that goes on and it's been this way for as long as I can remember and so it was another it was it, several years back there was just this another Saturday in cleaning paradise and I was done with cleaning paradise I had enough of cleaning paradise I don't care if I would say it burns but I do care if it burns now I would have said then I didn't care and I was fed up. I said, "You know what? I got consumed with thinking about me, 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 me. I can't believe she's doing this. Clean another day. We never get out of the house. We're all grounded. Yeah, I'm like a little kid. I'm not saying it to her though. I'm just saying it to me. Any man? I'm like nobody cares about me. I'm tired. You know, we run. I'm tired of. And you just fill in the blank. And I could have let her rip." I'm sick of this house, and all Cali wants in this house is to be clean. It's never going to be clean enough anyway, and on and on and on in my head. What about me? What about me? So I just decided at some point, I was like, I don't care anymore. I'm done. And so I go to where all great men go for moments of power and authority, and experiencing the greatness that God has given us to do. I went outside and mowed grass. And I got to go around. I think the tire was flat on one side. and I'm making loops around. Pastor J.T. was a high school kid, and uh, and and he, he mowed yards, made money mowing yards. It was his throwaway lawnmower I was on, if it tells you what kind of ride I was on. And so I'm, I'm making my loops, and I, I'm going around. I, I'm just thinking, like, I can't believe how much you think. I had the manshed of all mansheds at that point in my life. It was, like, the most glorious thing. I missed it every single day. It was, like, a 100 by a foot long by, like, 80 foot wide. You could have put multiple combines under there. It was the most glorious. People would come over to our house, and I'd be like, they say, oh, man, I like your house. Oh, we got a shed. Yeah, man, come on, let's go see the shed. And I, we'd walk around the shed and think about things that could be broken and fixed in the shed, and I remember my father-in-law told me something when we first moved there, that house. We walked through, and just like, a relay Yeah, It was the most glorious thing I've been He said, Danny, big yeah." put much on it. Uh, it's not big enough. But what do you mean? He said, no man has ever had a shed that's big enough. Still has this thing where you can't walk through it in no time. About a year later, you couldn't. Stepping all through it. Hay bales and tractors and parts of who knows what. Fuel filters, whatever. It was just all everywhere. I'm not getting to go out there because we're cleaning the house. I don't care anymore. I'm going outside. I'm going to mow grass, which is a great experience. And there should be mandatory mowing for men day somewhere in the year. And getting to clean the yard mowing days. I would love it. I'm going in circles, and and I'm kind of wanting. I'm wanting her to come outside and say, "Danny, you are so right. Please continue mowing grass. I love to watch you make the circles, the pointless things that are going to grow back up." I love it when you duck, but that limb still slaps you in the face. It's like, the enjoyment. I love it when you go outside, Danny. I love when you do man things. This is what I'm waiting on. But we weren't to that stage in our marriage yet. We were only 25 years in. No, I'm kidding. And then also, at that same time that I'm griping as I'm making round, I look up, and we had a two-story house. The window was, like, ridiculously high up there. And she is hanging out the side of this window, not to yell at me. She won't. She's not even looking at me. That would have been glorious. I'd have felt some reward. But she's got the window about right here, knees in the wall, cleaned out as far as she can, and she has went and got one of our kids' super soaker water guns, filled it with bleach, and started. She's like clean or no clean. I'm carrying on, big boy. Makes me feel like dirt. i was supposed to be the one risking my life for dumb things. I looked out as the seconds began to pass. It felt like how I am reminded. What in the world am I doing? I am complaining and I am whining about the most faithful lady that God gave me. This is what I long for. She is a treasure. Value, a value, of beauty, to be wild about me personally daily. She is kind. She is generous. She is loving. There, you can argue with me, but I just think you're wrong. There is none to compare, and I am so sorry for this attitude I have. I'm still not telling her that, but I'm thinking. I began saying, "God, thank you for Cali. Thank you for how you have blessed. Thank you for the man she gave us. To live. Thank you for everything." And I stopped, you know, I stopped mowing, didn't even finish the grass. It was two stages. then. known I walked back inside and I probably cleaned something. But I'm God, the Holy Spirit reminds me. not about you. It wasn't in me. It was in the Holy Spirit. Can I say this? Whatever you have, whatever we, Is the Lord's doing every aspect of our life. And we receive the benefit of His work, whether we acknowledge the value of it or not. Whatever we have been given is only the Lord's doing. It is up to us to acknowledge it so that we receive the benefit of the work that He has done. This is true in marriage, but you know what? It's also true in every single relationship we have. Because of Jesus, it's not a about what we get but it's what we're able to give because of what he has given. Ephesians 5.25 says it like this. He gave up his life for her. In the context of this course of the scripture is that he is Jesus. the her is you and I. Hello man. The church is her. Those who believe upon Jesus Christ, those who are walking have received the salvation. He, he, Jesus, gave up his life for her. If you're listening to someone who only, can I say this, if you're only listening to someone who criticizes the church all the time, they don't know Jesus. They've missed it. Because how can you curse, and how can you complain, and how can you have the greatest theology to tell everybody else in the world how wrong they are because... They use a different translation of the Bible or because of whatever their worship style or because of, they say, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world and proclaim and the victory of Christ. If, if all they could do is go around and, and point out the policies of some group that worships differently than they do, I'm not talking about getting off of Jesus, but just in style, worships differently than they do them. That person does not know Jesus. I don't care how much part of the Bible they know because how can in love with Jesus. Not love is pride. If me and you are friends, but you don't like my wife, me and you ain't friends anymore. You know? If you come to me and say, hey, don't tell Callie too late. I'm about to tell her everything you've already told me, so just shut it up at that point. The two became one, not two plus one minus one when it comes to you. We don't do that. This is Jesus. He doesn't do it either. You know, when we bring things to Him, you know what He does? He brings it to His Father. And He sends the Holy Spirit. He doesn't say, oh, I'm not going to tell my father about that one. I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit out. This is just between me and you. Weird. At some point in churches, it's easy, though, to slip into a group that lives within, and I mean, in the gathering, in the season. Everybody, we all grow. We all have weaknesses. Grow through them. Praise God. But it's easy to be into it land in a group that seems miserable in the what-about-me life. Don't worry about it. Don't criticize them. They're just growing through some things. You know what? Maybe they got some hurts that they not yet fully realized that Jesus can heal yet, but they're still being faithful and taking steps. The church, you know, people that walk around say, the church should be, fill in the blank. I want them to, whatever, you know. I think, I love this one. Sometimes guys will do it. I'll pick on some guys. I just, I just think we need I think we need some more stuff for the men. I'm like, we got it all the time. You're just never there. We meet for prayer. We meet for worship. We serve every Wednesday. We get to go on trips together. We make calls and texting and and things together all throughout the week. We're, We're strongly connected. You know what? If there's a need going on, we join together. We're praying about it. We're standing about it. We're celebrating about it. We have a men's ministry. It's just not sit around and do nothing and eat fish like you want it. It actually does things. Oh, well, you know, did, did I hit, did I say that wrong? Give me. I love this one. I'm getting told. I'm gonna pray, that God shows them that what I'm saying is what they need to do. You know what? We love the group, though. but notice some obvious things that are usually happening in that group. That group, where those kind of statements come from, you find a group of people that aren't doing not give to anybody. Just saying, what about me? No wonder they're miserable. It's only more joyful to say, not about me, it's about Jesus. What can I give? There it's it's like the mockers on the cross. I think I'm not going to go too far and I need just stop, but I'll stop right here. When when we say, Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And I think you should be and we're trying to correct something that a whole body is doing, we're basically like the mockers looking at Jesus saying, If you really are Him, then come down. You know what, even in that Verse 25 says, just as he, Christ loved the church, he gave up his life. You know what the mockers did? They gave up his life for them to actually, they didn't realize that Jesus was giving up his life as they were mocking him for them to become a part of the body. When we the Jesus, then even when the mockers come, we had the opportunity. They Father, forgive them. Love. And make room laid on our life for others. He gave his life not as a response to their potential displayed by them. Boy, they're doing some really good work. I want to make some avenues, make the doors work for them. Oh, because they're really doing good now. I'm going to die for them. No, he died for us when we're at our worst. He gave up his life for people who could become who could become his by giving his own life. He gave his life, verse 26 says it like this: to make her, you, and I. Holy and clean. Washed by the cleansing of God's Word. This is powerful. Callie was hanging out of a window. You know what? She did not need me to point out every aspect of how I felt about my own selfish ambition. She didn't need that. It wouldn't have gone good. But what she does need is for me daily to give my life for her. What she does need it's not just a boy. You're doing good. She does need a washing of God's word every day. Why? Because it's God's opportunity for me to present her as holy and clean. She's clean by the blood of the Lamb, by the by the, by the cross. But so we get the opportunity to play a part in that. But you know what? We get to do it with our friends, too. We get to do it with our coworkers too. I don't know how much more I can take. I don't know how much more you can take either. But I also know this. I've never been a place down that Jesus didn't pick me back up. And I know if he's faithful for me, he'll be faithful to you. I just don't know about how much more I can put up with. Sometimes I hear people in the church encouraging other people to divorce. That's the devil's advocate. breaks my heart. met with a... One time I was uh, with a youth pastor, just many years ago, none of these people are anywhere around, and uh, he was telling me, when well, I was a youth pastor, he said, yeah, we got a meeting with so-and-so today. I don't know why he was telling me this, it just came out of nowhere. And uh didn't even really talk to him much. And I said, oh, okay, that's good. He said, yeah, we're, uh, we're probably going to tell her she needs to divorce her husband. Because basically because he drinks so much, basically he's committing adultery with her with alcohol. Like, no, nah, bro, that ain't the same. That ain't the same. You got to be careful. We don't need people's, we don't need to tell people how to re- react to a real situation. We need to help, pe- help people show and lean and lay in the dirt and cry the tears with them. To see the reaction of Christ come alive by washing it with his word, washing it with his power, confessing his promises and leading to the cross again where all life is found. In his death, we get resurrection. You know what? When, whenever I get to lay my li- an opportunity to lay my life down with galleon away, then I get to present an atmosphere to only grow more in holiness. Supported by the washing of God's word over her rather than my emotions that may have flared because of cleaning a house on another day. I'm growing in this, but can I say where, where I've learned my growth comes from? Same place your growth comes from, same place all of our growth comes from. We all grow. And the benefit that comes from the joy of giving by laying our life down, we grow at the speed of remembering to lay our life down. We grow in the joy of Jesus at the speed that we surrender our life. We grow in the victory of Christ at the speed that we say, you know what, no longer is it about me. We grow at the speed of, I don't care what they're accusing me of. Jesus, I'm only here for a little while. There, this is a pattern, though, as the body of Christ that we're called to. It's not just a marriage. I left off the first part of verse 25 because I told the teens, like, do you want like Dustin?" yes, because if I say husbands, half the people are going to check out on me. Because the beginning of that verse says, Husbands, love your wife, says Christ, love the church. He laid down his life for her. But if I say that immediately, everybody check it out. But it goes to every aspect of our life. It doesn't matter if we're married, if we're single, if we're divorced, if we're widowed, if we're a child, if we have an interaction with a teacher at school. It does not matter if we're, we have co-workers. It, it doesn't matter. It works in every single relationship across the board. Everywhere we go, we are around hurting and broken people everywhere. And they don't need our prejudice. They don't need our diagnosis. God, help us when we think, we've got something that they haven't heard before they don't need our opinions what we need to realize is jesus allowed us to know them to give our lives to present them holy and clean because when they came with hurt We've washed them with the Word and His Word cleanses of all unrighteousness and restores them to see all of their foundation and their hope in the Father who has been with them every step of the way. we wash people with God's Word that does not return void. And as we do, we begin to see people move from holy to clean. To surrender in Jesus. Because of Jesus. Can we agree that our relationships are bigger than us? And some of you, I share personal stories just because I have personal stories to share. And I have a microphone at the moment. But when I look in the congregation, when I look in the congregation I see people who have much greater stories of sacrifice and surrender than I do and walk in this a whole lot better than Danny Reed does you know what Danny Reed is just like you you are just like me we all grow at the speed that we're willing to lay our life down. we all grow at the speed that whenever that next opportunity goes yeah but you and we don't do it. Yeah, but he. Yeah, but she. Yeah, but they. And we don't do it. Just take. It. Yesterday, I hope I'm okay to say this. I'll find out when I get home. Callie had been through a bit. I'll just leave it like that. And I have been gone for a little bit and I came in to just... not everybody to in the house was great do you know what I mean I praise God it wasn't me in the house to get blamed on this time and she's telling me and she's very passionate about telling me and I'm listening and everything in me I kid you not I'm sitting there and I'm biting my tongue because I'm wanting to give some you know wise words to somebody who was not emotionally involved at all right I bite my tongue I bite my tongue I stay there and I'm like Lord Lord I'm going to teach and I'm going to preach about laying my life down. And this is an opportunity where I get to lay my life down. And I don't tell her that, I tell me. And all of a sudden, everything changed. Not because of any answers, not because anything changed. But all of a sudden, she found peace in what had been stirring for a while. She like, Dumping on you. I'm, dumping. I'm your husband. You're supposed to be able to say this thing. It's Amazing. I said and I thought to myself, golly, I things can change like this if I just keep my mouth shut. I'm gonna be quiet in my house more often. I'm be quiet with my friends more often. I'm just gonna let them talk. <laughs> Go to the gym and not talk to anybody. How many of you have ever been blessed by somebody who did, just did not talk? And it was what you need. You know what? They're blessed by us too. we lay our lives down, we surrender our opinion, and we trust, and secretly we're praying God, let your presence be known here. Bring your peace here, bring your calm here. Have your way. Because this situation is going to be over. How we respond in this moment is going to determine possibly the rest of the day, possibly the next 10 years. Lord, just today we lay our life down. We don't just listen to people in hopelessness. We listen. We strategically and gently look for a moment to sow hope of Jesus. By the word of our testimony, by the blood of the Lamb, there will be victory for everybody in the room. Practice this for a minute. Listen. Or what are you saying to today? In here today, some of what's being said is a struggle. Because you've never seen anybody really laid down their life you. You've had to be the defendant. You, you've had to be tough. You've had to make it. You've had to suck it up and deal with it, as the Southern say it go You've made it to where you are in your life because of your grip. It's a struggle to kind of understand what it is somebody else gives their life for you. They say Jesus you can experience what that's like.